in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow, everyone's talking about last night's primary results. No, no one's talking about that. No one seems to care. We ought to care. It's a big deal. Uh, But I understand. I understand the lack of enthusiasm. All right. Well, um, Kathy Hochul is the nominee of the Democrat Party. I am surprised, quite frankly, that Tom Suozzi wasn't uh, there wasn't a bit more uh, support for a reasonable, rational guy like him who could, you know, get things done and is not a maniac, but uh, he lost badly. And on the Republican side, it's Congressman Lee Zeldin. All right, good for him. I said plenty of stuff during the primary, and that's all over now. All right, forget it. It's all in the past. Congressman Zeldin, I am gunning. I hope you win. I do. I can't officially endorse anybody technically, but, uh, man, do I hope you win. I think it was a very good try by uh, Astorino, and he particularly Giuliani. Andrew Giuliani, huh? What a superstar. He did very well for a first-time candidate out of the gate. I mean, he came in second place to a career politician. He beat a couple of other people who spent a lot of time in politics. So Andrew Giuliani should be holding his head high. I don't know what the next move is for him. He's 36 years old. There's no rush. Life is long. I'd hate to see him turn around and run. You know, you you can only run and lose so many times. So you got, he's got to choose carefully. What he does next. Now, he could disappear for 10 years, you know, make some money, get some, uh, you know, work on his resume a little bit. Uh, Who knows? And you know what? He could probably be a brilliant, brilliant campaign strategist slash uh, communication specialist. I've never seen anything like it, really. That kind of talent, first time out in a debate on the stump. He was terrific. Andrew Giuliani, you should be very, very proud of yourself. But Lee Zeldin is... um, uh, the real deal, all right? A major player in Congress. He was a big defender of Trump during the impeachment. A combat veteran of Iraq. A lawyer, prosecutor. Uh, the man has all the credentials to be governor. And um, I think we got to work on his debating skills a little bit. No problem. That can all be brushed up. And, you know, I don't understand why these guys sometimes don't wait until the last minute to get ready for a debate. You know you're probably going to debate her, although... <laughs> What's her name? Kathy. Kathy will be running and hiding. Part of the problem is everyone's thinking about other things. Because of this stupid phone, you can look at anything you want. And uh, let's face it, who wants to sit around talking about uh, (laughs) uh, politics all day long? Republican primary politics, Democrat primary politics. We don't pay much attention until it's too late, until a total nutbag is in charge. And the way things are going right now, everyone's high, everyone's uh, just looking at their porno or whatever the hell it is that makes them tick, and just totally checked out, watching Netflix, yeah. And then Kathy just, she just rides right in. Well, we can't let that happen. We got to wake up. We see what's happening around us. Hey, voter turnout was dismal, as it almost always is, but it's getting worse, 15%. Part of the reason, you know, national politics is uh, so captivating and it seems like everything's national we're so caught up in that all things trump sometimes a little bit you know biden nancy pelosi that whole scene that we just don't have enough uh, bandwidth to engage locally well we ought to this is where we live and it really could go down the drain with kathy hochel in charge and eric adams oh boy you know what 
one of the reasons why I wanted to improve, get better fast is I don't particularly want to run for mayor. I don't particularly want to do that. It's um, it's a pain in the neck. You put a great big target on your back. Uh, people actually raise money to make commercials saying bad things bad about you, bad things about you. Can you imagine that? Imagine somebody raising money, you know, having a party. Everybody who goes to that party has to bring money. And what did they do with that money? They investigate you. <laughs> they try to find dirt about you, and they try to make a bad commercial. They do make a bad commercial about you. Imagine that. That happens in no other realm of life that I know of where people, you know, just they don't know. Nobody cares about each other enough to make <laughs> commercials about you. So, all right. But I will do it if um, if I feel that there's nobody who can take on Eric. I know I can take this guy on. Believe me, I know I can take him on. All right? And I know how to talk to people. I know it works. I know. And I know myself. I know what I know. I know what I don't know. I know my skills. I know my limitations. And I know, I know I can beat this SOB. And I know I can be a pretty good mayor. I'm going to say pretty good for now. You, everybody, you aspire for greatness. But, you know, but I can be good. And I can focus on the basics. And I can get things done for New York. And, oh, by the way, unlike any of these other clowns, de Blasio, Adams, this would truly be a personal sacrifice for me. I'm not saying I'm a billionaire, but I'm saying that I got other lucrative, interesting, productive things that I'm doing and I like and I'm good at. I wouldn't have to enter a whole new realm and all these enemies come out of the woodwork and everything starts. You know, I don't need any of that. All right. I don't need it. I don't have to be mayor, but I would like to actually see my community do better, a lot better. And I know it can under the right leadership. So I will take a look at it. And I might ask some people, hey, listen, are you thinking about running for mayor? You know what I mean? Because if you don't, I'm going to. All right. Too many people are intimidated by Eric Adams and the smile and the suits. The suit is empty. The brain is limited. Okay? This guy is so unbelievably beatable. He's from New Jersey for bloody sake. Can you believe that? Too many in the media are intimidated again. Just They just, oh, they can't stand up to him. He can stand in front of a bunch of reporters who don't look like him and scream racism. They should have all either walked out of that room or just yelled their heads off at him. You know, it's imagine if somebody used the N word, right? Well, how would how would folks react? You would scream bloody murder and you'd turn your back on that person. You do something. We just about did the same thing against people who don't look like him. Anyway, all right, so something I'm looking at. Uh, what else? Uh, are they still? <laughs> Everyone's uh, talking about, to, a, to some degree, are people in the street really talking about it? No. People on cable TV are, because, you know, they got to have something to talk. Oh, wait, before we do any of that, Lee Zeldin, he won, and he deserves our congratulations and support. And here he is during his victory speech last night. Cut one, please. As our state's next lieutenant governor says, this isn't just a red wave. This is a, this is a common sense wave. It's a common sense wave that reaches out 
to everybody across this state, in all counties, in all regions. We're reaching out to all of you to work with us to save New York. This is a rescue mission to save our state, and losing is not an option. They're chanting Lee. How long does this There's go on for? There's only one option on November 8th, and that is to win this race, to fire Kathy Hochul, to end one-party rule. Fantastic. I like it. Fire in the belly. And by the way, November 8th. You realize November sounds like it's a long way away. I mean, we're in the middle of the summer. It's only... July, August, September, October. Four full months away. The day after tomorrow is July. Wow, four months. Four months. Time is going so freaking fast. Hey, something else about Lee Zeldin I like. He's a young man. He's only, um, I think he's like 42 or something like that. He's gotten a lot done with his life. He's impressive. No doubt about it. All right. Time to get, I think he's got to work overtime though, right? Getting the votes and also, uh, you know, working on your delivery, working on the debate stuff. And Kathy, well, we'll get to her in a second. Look, I am, I'm friends with Andrew Giuliani. I really like him. I think he's got a huge future. Uh, he did a very, very, very good job in that uh, that campaign. Here he is, uh, cut two. His concession speech from last night. New York truly is at a crossroads, ladies and gentlemen. We're at a time right now where we lead the country in out migration. We know that. We all know the problems, and we know the solutions. We need somebody with the guts that's going to be able to turn that around. Somebody who's going to be able to bring crime down. Somebody that's going to give Alvin Bragg that pink slip that he needs on day one of his administration. All right. Nice job. Nice job indeed. The debates, though, he really, really shined. Hey, how, how, how many percent? What did he get? 25 percent? It was a commanding, decisive lead for Lee Zeldin, but for a newcomer, 36 years old, Andrew Giuliani, man, oh, man, oh, man, so much to be proud of. All right, I guess in the issue, in the interest of fairness, do I have to run Kathy Hochul? I'm actually interested in seeing what she had to say in victory, quote-unquote victory last night. Cut three. It has been the highest honor of my life to serve as your governor for the past 10 months. And what a 10 months it's been, right from the start. Our kids were heading back to school as you're seeing an increase, a surge in Delta. And on top of it, hurricanes immediately struck and people lost their lives and their homes. And the cost of living kept going up and up and up. Workers, small businesses and families were dealing with excruciating. All right, stop. You're not you're not convincing me of anything. All right. I don't care what happened 10 months ago. You know what I'm going to look at with you and I'm going to talk about? I'm going to talk about when you were lieutenant governor and this city went up in smoke. And you sat on your hands, and you were waiting to see which way the wind was blowing, right? That's you. That's on you. And were you holding Governor Cuomo to account, or were you afraid because you thought of him as your boss? What the hell happened there? There's absolutely no way this lady gets to uh, keep this job. No. Mm Mm-mm. No way. And she was selected, remember, by Governor Cuomo. Why? Because she was... uh, well, we have men who are empty suits, and we have women who are what? Empty skirts? Does that, does that work? Is that a thing we can call her? Uh, she's just interested in the beauty parlor clothes. She's basically like a, an upstate version of Nancy Pelosi. 
in terms of the money, uh, figuring out which way the, uh, the the wind is going and going in that direction. I mean, Tom Swazi totally cleaned her clock, and I think she's fantastic. All right, enough of state politics. Uh, go Lee Zeldin, rooting for you, buddy. And what else? Cassidy Hutchinson. The only reason why she was picked is because she they were able to turn her into a above-average, attractive female. Above average, I'd say, right, Cassidy? How tall do you think Cassidy is? 5'8 or so? I've seen, I know the type. And everything she said, everything was just a piece of gossip, something she heard from Tony said this, Bobby said that. And you know, why did they keep this person around? That's, that, that's what they really have to look at. Why do they bring in all these kids when it's time to govern? You can have these people fetch coffee when it's time to campaign. But when it's time to govern, you got to bring in the adults. Unfortunately, it's Cassidy, 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 Cassidy Hutchinson. I knew this was a joke. You heard what I was saying yesterday. It was a total joke. Fox News said this was bigger than Watergate. More on them in a second. Let's see here. Uh, I don't know. Let's try cut 29. Tony described him as being irate. The president said something to the effect of, I'm being president. Take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Engel. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. Clavicles. His neck. What the hell are you trying to say? She was always trying to appear smarter than she actually is. I remember Liz Cheney said, so that happened, right? And she would be like, that is a fair assessment. Yes or no? <laughs> By the way, none of that stuff happened. I mean, none of it happened with the lunge for the guy's neck to the steering wheel. It's impossible. And, oh, by the way, the Secret Service itself, the agent, Bobby Angle, is prepared to say as much. And he already gave testimony. They already interviewed him. I think they found themselves a lunatic, this one. Um, what's her name again? Cassidy. Cassidy Hutchinson. I will say this. It's an intriguing name, isn't it? Um, so, 23 years old. Uh, oh, she wants to be a star. Oh, boy, does she want to be a star. I found her. Is this weird? Well, I found her Twitter account from 10 years ago. <laughs> I did. I did. I guess what she wants to be, a star. And guess what she wants to be on Good Morning America and The View. And guess what she's going to get for her services and appearance on all those shows. But let me tell you something, Cassidy. They don't pay what you think they pay. And they can't use you now because you've you've outed yourself. Yeah, they can have a little a guest appearance here and this, that, and the other thing. You will not be able to support yourself. You know, when you're 23, you think $80,000 is all the money in the world, right? It's amazing what you did for $80,000, you fool. I mean that. You are a fool. You, Olivia Troy, uh, Alyssa Farah. Uh, what's the other one? Um, uh, well, what the hell was the other one? Uh, Stephanie Grisham, the one who turned her back and uh, stab- tried- before she did, she stabbed a vo- uh, Melania in the back. Horrible people. These are horrible, horrible people. You also have to remember, 
What kind of person goes to Washington, D.C. when they're 23 for a staff job? Some good people, but some who are just in it for the power and the perceived glamour, right? Oh, yeah. So it's a certain type of person. And unfortunately, a lot of them are corrupt to the core. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So what the hell happened to Fox News, man? Man, for a long time, that's been just going downhill. Fox News lost its way. Roger Rails started Fox. Total genius. Knows America. Cold. New America. Just... He's dead now. He died in 2017. He had to leave Fox in 2016. I believe all kinds of trumped-up charges against him. He was treated very, very unfairly. Um, There would be no Fox today if it wasn't for Roger Rails and all of his contributions. Started that in 1996 as, uh, what did Charles Krauthammer say? It's kind of a, it's a bit of a dig, but not really. It's not a dig, but he said, Roger Rails is a genius. He found a niche audience, half the country. (laughs) Uh, because the mainstream media, uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, the New York Times, all those guys, they weren't speaking to uh, half the country. They were talking to uh, the left and uh, those, especially the leftist elites, uh, the sophisticates, those who dictated the culture, people on the Upper West Side, people in Hollywood. And uh, there are a lot of people who were not being um, reached, who were not, they were not speaking to. And Roger learned how to do that, knew how to do that, because, well, he was a man of the people. You can be from Manhattan and be a man of the people. Uh, You can be a man from uh, a 5,000-person town in Louisiana and be an elitist. It's really attitude and its approach and its exposure and its, well, it's how you choose to live your life. And um, anyway, Roger was the real deal from Ohio, and he never lost sight of that. Warren, Ohio, I believe. And he knew what played in places like Warren, Ohio, and he knew what worked. He also knew what made America great, what makes America great. And he was deeply suspicious of um, socialists, communists, and those who would do us harm. <laughs> I'm, and I'm totally I'm with him. I, I, I share this similar suspicions. Anyway, when he died, because he, when he was alive, he guided Fox. He really did. He was in control. He was running that place. With him gone, nobody knows what the hell's going on over there, right? Sometimes they're sometimes they get it, most of the times they seem not to. Yesterday during the Cassidy Hutchinson ridiculous and I was laughing out loud. It was look at my Twitter commentary, listen to what I was saying here on the radio or last night on the Newsmax show, not to be taken seriously. She was lying her ass off, all kinds of inconsistencies and then even if she were telling the truth, it did not matter. It literally did not matter. It, there was no, it made no difference, okay? You've got to remember that. And the stuff that she was alleging about Trump, again, did not matter. Okay, so he threw a plate, a bowl of soup at the wall, she said, or a sandwich, and there was cat. Who cares? People lose their temper. It doesn't matter. It was gossip. And then there's Brett Bear, fat, dumb, and happy. I'm sorry, Brett Bear. You know, sitting there saying, this is uh, worse than Watergate. This is, wow, this is smoking gun evidence. This, oh, boy. Uh, I don't know if he somebody told him to say that kind of stuff. Um, he's got pretty keen political antennae. And by political antennae, I don't mean politics. I mean office politics. 
okay, you know, which way the boss wants him to go. And I have a feeling that was – he's a very skilled um, operator within an organization, all right? So there was a lot of that going on, I'm sure. And uh, that's, that's the way – that's the direction that Fox News is going right now. I don't know who told him or whatever. They don't. Sometimes you don't have to say it out loud. He's basically the new Chris Wallace at Fox. Remember Chris Wallace? Well, you know, that pansy, an absolute, I'm sorry, yes, he's a pansy. He was a pansy. He is a pansy. He will be a pansy. And um, he's the one who tried to throw the debate for Joe Biden, did all that defense for him. Well, now that he's gone, they need somebody else like him, I guess, at Fox News, and that is Brett Baer. Always had a feeling, Brett. That's okay. It's not to say he's not a good guy. I mean, you know, he takes care of his family, and I'm sure he's very pleasant to be with, and I've had a conversation or two with him. But no, 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 no. Roger Ailes would be so disappointed. But, yeah, they don't care anymore, do they? I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. If you would like to engage some of the hottest conservative content on the Internet, I encourage you to seek out my Twitter feed at Greg Kelly USA at Greg Kelly USA and also my Newsmax show uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Quite frankly, it's a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. Now, uh, you know, we are on channel 1984. It's like a way, way, way up in the dial. And sometimes we can be hard to find. And, uh, that's a challenge. I appreciate you meeting that challenge and joining me tonight at 10 o'clock. All right. It's, um, it's important. It is, especially as Fox goes down the tubes. Uh, and here, here he is. is this Brett Bear, right? Brett Bear reacting to dimwit Cassidy Hutchinson say absolutely nothing of any import whatsoever. It was all hearsay and nonsense and gossip. And what does Brett Baer think of that? I've covered politics for a long time. I don't think there's been testimony like this that is kind of jaw-dropping in a way on the inside workings of a White House in crisis after, you know, at this moment in January 6th that we've seen in since Watergate. Really. Yeah, I mean- all right. He made a mistake. What he meant to say is he's been playing office politics for a long time. Okay? He doesn't know anything about politics, right? You know, going over to suck on the thumb of uh, Don Rumsfeld is not covering politics, okay? That's office politics. There's a big difference, Brett. A big difference. Doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He was impressed by her. What the hell's her name again? Cassidy. I will say this. It's an intriguing name. Cassidy. Cassidy. Uh, Let's see here. Cassidy. 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 Cut 33. Cassidy. Cassidy. I was in the vicinity of a conversation where I overheard the president say something to the effect of, you know, I I don't effing care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. Take the effing mags away. Let my people in. They can march to the Capitol from here. Let the people in. Take the effing mags away. Cassidy, Cassidy. Just to be clear, Ms. Hutchinson, is it your understanding that the president wanted to take the mags away and said that the armed individuals were not there to hurt him? That's a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment. This is a not very smart girl trying to appear smarter than she actually is, right? That's a fair assessment. Yes, 
No. Huh? What'd you say? What? All right. I'm actually still, I'd like to figure out. Now, she was in the vicinity where she heard a conversation to the effect was. Now, a couple of things here. By the way, presidents in Secret Service, presidential staffs in Secret Service are always, always having conversations with the Secret Service about how much security is too much, how much is not enough. We want more. We want less. Secret Service always wants more, but sometimes you got to push back, and sometimes they do all the time. Happens all the time. And these weapons that were observed in the crowd, guess what? Weren't in the crowd. They weren't there. They actually played a big tape of all these folks. Oh, my gosh. Listen, listen to all these police transmissions about guns. And they were trying to fool everybody. They couldn't fool me, and they won't be able to fool you. Listen carefully to these transmissions. What they're talking about are reports from people, not from police. Okay? It's a big distinction. There were no guns. There were no guns on January 6th. Cut 32. The select committee has learned about reports from outside the magnetometers and has obtained police radio transmissions identifying individuals with firearms, including AR-15s, near the ellipse on the morning of January 6th. Let's listen. There's an individual in a tree, maybe a white male, about six feet tall, thin build, brown cowboy boots. He's got blue jeans and a blue jean jacket, and underneath the blue jean jacket, the complainants both saw a stock with AR-15. He's going to be with a group of individuals, about five to eight, five to, uh, eight other individuals. Two of the individuals in that group in green fatigues, green olive draft style fatigues, about five, eight, five, nine, skinny, uh, skinny white males, brown cowboy boots. They had Glock style pistols in their waistband. 8736 with the message that subject, um, weapon on his right hip. After that, he's in the tree. Motor one, make sure PPD knows they have an elevated threat in the tree outside of Constitution Avenue. Look for the don't tread on me flag, American flag face mask, cowboy boots, weapon on the right, right side hip. I got three men walking down the street in fatigue while carrying AR-15, copy at 14th for Independence. AR-15s at 14th and Independence. Oh, my God. AR-15s at 14th and Independence. Guess what, though? There were no AR-15s at 14th and Independence. Did you hear about anybody being arrested with weapons, with pistols that day? No, you didn't, because there were none. All right? Everything you just heard on that uh, those transmissions basically were false reports. They're hearing this. Uh, somebody's saying that. Well, none of it panned out. All kinds of things are phoned into the police. All kinds of things. Now they're trying to say Donald Trump heard something about weapons and dismissed it and then wanted those people to come to see him speak, knowing that they had their weapons and then would proceed to the Capitol. You see how many leaps they're taking, right? One leap after the next after the next. We all know that Donald Trump likes to be, have a big crowd, right? We also know that, um, well, maybe you don't know, but presidential security, they have something called the bubble, and sometimes you have a bubble and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't. When you're in the motorcade going down the street, there's no bubble, all right? You can just stand on the street. Nobody has magnetized you. No one has made you go through a metal detector, and you can watch the limo go by. Sometimes uh, I, I, I think he wanted he wanted that crowd. 
He wanted that crowd. What? Just because, uh, what's her name again? Cassidy said she heard something. I don't like Cassidy. And I do think she's a big, fat liar with a healthy part of uh, um, mental thrown in. Yeah, mental. Pamela is in central Jersey. Hello. Hello. Um, You can always tell when somebody's lying when they're over-specific. I haven't heard the word clavicle used since I actually broke my clavicle in third grade. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you are. I broke my clavicle collarbone in uh, <coughs> eighth grade. You're right. You're right. Nobody says that. His clavicle. No. His clavicle. I'm going, to, I'm going to use my clavicle to pass the saw. I mean, come on. Yeah. Nobody does that. There's that. And um, remember, it's very unusual. The Secret Service has already said, we want to come out and uh, contradict her. She's not telling the truth. She's a nut job. She's a nut job. And uh, also, I think the attention is obviously, she sought the attention. She wanted the attention. Did I tell you I found her Twitter address? She hasn't tweeted in 10 years, but I saw what she was tweeting about 10 years ago. You know what she was tweeting about? Oh, my God. OMG. Lara Spencer, I love you. I want to be just like you. OMG, Kelly Ripa, you are the best. OMG, GMA, I love you. Aspiring news anchor, it said. Now, to be a news anchor, you got to go through a hell of a lot of trouble, all right, like I did. I had to go through a hell of a lot of trouble. People think I just showed up here and said, my dad's Ray Kelly. No, it doesn't work that way, okay? Well, it works that way if you're Jenna Bush, apparently. I had to send resumes out all over the country. I had to make a tape. I had to spend money on that tape. Then I spent even more money on another tape. Nobody wanted to hire me. Then I had to actually deliver this tape to 150 TV stations across the country and drive like a schmuck all the way down to Montgomery, Alabama, when I knew that there was a one in a million chance they were going to hire me. And guess what? They didn't. But like a schmuck, I drove all the way down there. And then I drove all the way to Warsaw, Wisconsin and all these places. Finally, thank God, by the way, underscore thank God, because it was him, I got hired in Binghamton, New York. Smallest TV station in Binghamton. There were three. This was the last place one. I was 31 years old. My co-anchor was 20. (laughs) I was making peanuts. But that's that's how, to get to the top, you got to start at the bottom. But no, 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 Cassidy, Cassidy doesn't want to do any of that crap. She just wants to... (laughs) Get her hair done and be in be in the middle of all those microphones. That's what I think happened, Pamela. A little bit, a little bit of that. Did you do you sense that? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, she made sure she got the uh, spray tan before she came on. And you uh, saw that, right? Yeah. I. <laughs> yeah, the work. Yeah, the, the works. Work. So you got to look at my Twitter at Greg Kelly USA. I found a picture of what she really looks like. And then a picture of uh, yesterday. And, um, yeah, no, I don't know why they have these people around. Pamela, you are the best. Oh, you're right about the cl- – how'd you break your clavicle, by the way, otherwise known as a collarbone? I was playing tag, and I slid into uh, the home area, and I slid right into somebody's knee. Wow. Ouch. And and I couldn't even get, like, any kind of, like, TLC because you can't wear a cast. You just wear, like, a belt around your – back you can't lie down and nobody knows it's it's broken so you can't get any sympathy uh, i had to wear a sling it looked a little bit like a cast and i uh i got a little bit i can still my my collar collarbone clavicle is still slightly 
I don't want to say deformed, but it's different. It's uh, it's asymmetrical with the other one. Pamela, great stuff. Thank you very, very much. Let's see here real quick. We got Natalie in Suffolk County. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Greg. Okay, so now the clavicle thing made me laugh, but I need you to cheer me up. What? I'm just so I'm so disappointed that Andrew Giuliani didn't didn't win last night. I mean, of course, I'm going to support Zeldin, but I really am concerned that this isn't going to work out. I mean, Hochul is she's got she won with high percentage numbers. Okay, he won with like only 40, what, 40 percent. So what is that saying about what's going on here? I mean, could those numbers be that he just got a low turnout? I mean. This state, if we don't do something, this state and this city, I don't know, can it really be turned around after another so many years of somebody like Hochul? Well, it's a good question. It's a good question, and you're right about the enthusiasm. But, look, he just clinched a thing last night. This happens. This happens all the time, all right? Um, It does. we got to get excited about him, and uh, we've got to make it happen. We've got to get the word out. We've got to... And really the word out about her, you got to do two things. you got to convince everybody to put down the pot and the porn and take a good look at her and what's happening in this state and say, we need a change. We can't have Cuomo's deputy in charge of us for the next four years. And then, uh, yeah, Zeldin, it's going to be tough. It's going to be amazingly tough. The media's in her tank, everything, everyone, everyone. The deck is stacked against it. But anything can happen in politics, Natalie, so don't get discouraged, okay? I'm trying. Hey, one other thing, one other thing. I heard a guy who's very smart, and he was similar to you. He's very, very smart, and he was was like, so-and-so. It wasn't Zeldin, but so-and-so is never going to win. He's never going to win. And it reminded me of what they said about Trump. It was the same kind of analysis, all right? It was the same kind of analysis. And I did Uh, say that Trump would win, and I said it on June 16th of 2015. I knew it in my bones. Uh, so just stay tuned. Let's see what happens. Let's get excited and look okay. at the word out about this uh, nincompoop, Kathy Hochul. Thank you, Natalie. Well, all right. You, all Greg. right. You bet. You bet. You betcha. Uh, sorry about that. Real quick, I'm going to go to Glenn and Hillside. Yes. Glenn and Hillside. You got us on mute? That's fine. Robbie in South Carolina. Robbie. Yeah, I think you and Bongino have figured it out that these guys are getting paid to uh, for these things being said on January 6th. Uh, I don't know if they're getting paid outright right now. There will be remuneration. Is that the word? Remuneration? Remuneration? They will be. There will be payment. But it's going to be yeah. weak, and they're going to be disappointed. A couple of guest appearances on The View does not pay. An $80,000 book contract a, does not pay. Is a Democratic slush fund? Well, there's all kinds of Democratic slush funds around there. There's all kind of – but they're not set for life. They think this is going to take them to the stratosphere. They're going to be – they're done with them already. They're, they've used them, and they're finished with them. Is there a big, 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 big payoff? No. No. There shouldn't be, by the way. So, but there's maybe a wink and a nod promise. There's just something fundamentally corrupt going on. It's fun. Also, why, why do you always say it's an insurrection or a riot? Why can't you just say, hey, it was a protest? Well, it certainly was not an insurrection. It was not. I mean, no. there's a, a no. uh, were there riot, was there riotous behavior at times? Yes. Was it encouraged by aspects, components of law enforcement? Yes. Did they set the stage for this? Yes, they did. Oh, yes, they did. 
Oh, yes, these dirty bastards did that. They absolutely did. False flag operation. Absolutely. I got Nancy Pelosi in 2019 talking about what the hell she was going to do. So, uh, oh, boy. Yeah. No, 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 no. January 6th. Normal people are done with it. We know when we're being lied to. It still should be referred to as a protest, as they did protest. In no, the I never call it an insurrection. I mean, they're addicted to calling it an insurrection. Nobody even cares. Right. Nobody really is focused on it. They're, what, somebody said something very smart today. I think it was Dick Morris. He thinks that this is all leading to an independent run for president by Liz Cheney. Knock yourself out, Liz. <laughs> you and your goofy glasses. And by the way, Liz and Benny Thompson... To some extent, they really did exploit that Cassidy Hutchinson. They really did. She's uh, Cassidy Hutchinson was uh, manipulated and lied to. And, you know, she's an adult woman, but I understand she's clueless and stupid and, you know, too young, inexperienced. And um, there she is. They should have sensed the crazy in this one. Instead, they harnessed it and used it for their political advantage. But it's going to blow up in their face. Give me a give me a moment, Robbie, and everybody else. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, remember when Trump was president? It was a beautiful time. He used to love the fake news getting all upset and outraged over everything. This is where it was so easy to pick them, catch them in a lie. I mean, it still is very easy, but this was laugh out loud, funny lying. Kids in cages. Oh, boy. Cut 27. Trump administration and Republicans separated children from their parents at the border, threw kids in cages, and made families sleep under aluminum foil. We saw kids in cages sleeping on the floor. Very easily arguable that it's morally wrong. Kids in cages, not okay. We've got kids in cages on the border. We've got people in in prisons when they're trying to seek asylum. It's not right. It's beyond politics. It's about right and wrong. Now you got people dead. Dead. First of all, those cages were built by Obama. All right? The kids on all the pictures, the good ones, were all from Obama. Kids in cages. Kids in cages. And they all ran to the border for those silly photo ops. Remember AOC bent over in her white pants and looking at the camera being all sad because of the kids in cages that uh, weren't there and the space blankets and all that stuff. But now people are dead. Real people are dead. Thanks to Joe Biden, Alejandro Mayorkas, Kamala Harris, and the rest, the whole damn woke administration, and now we've got real death on our hands. Cut 23. Tragedy unfolding in San Antonio after dozens of migrants found dead in an 18-wheeler in a suspected case of human smuggling. The migrants were found in a rural road on the southwest side of San Antonio. They were packed in the big rig in the summer heat, some of them children. Wow. Where's AOC now? Hmm? Why, why, why isn't she crying about this? Why isn't she upset? Where the hell's Joe Biden? Wait, did he say anything about this? Let me see here. Hmm. Wait a second. He did say something. Cut 26, Joe Biden. It's outrageous. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. Wow, he really wants results. Gosh, got to hand it to him. Whoa, 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 wait a second. That's not about the 50 dead migrants. That's about the Border Patrol agents who were observed on horseback 
handling their horses. Remember that, the phony whip story? Whipping the Haitians, it was evocative of the uh, of our slaver, slavery and the history of all that nonsense. Yeah, that's that's what got his Irish up. The, the, the propaganda that that was a racist image. The Border Patrol agents doing their job. Hmm, let's see, it's Hillary Clinton talking about the dead people. Well, she's talking about dying, but let's see, what context is this? Hillary Clinton, cut 22, yesterday. The thing that uh, is, well, there's so many things about it that are deeply distressing, but women are going to die. Women are going to die. Wait a second. Oh, shoot. Yeah, no, she's not talking about the 50 men and women who died this week at the border of heat exhaustion and suffocation in the back of that truck. Hell on earth. No, she's talking about Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade. She's not talking about how people can be healthy and pregnant. How they can possibly avoid pregnancy. No, she's just going with the full-blown alarmist uh, scare tactics, right? That's what she does. That's what everybody in the left does. Oh, but she also got, I mean, you tell me, is this, I think this is kind of borderline, this is borderline racist, quite frankly. What she said about Clarence Thomas, who's done so much for this country. And by the way, now it's, it's, it's signed, sealed, delivered. Far more significant impact and contribution by Clarence Thomas than Hillary Clinton. Oh, boy. Hillary, you know, for all the big jobs she's had, it's on, been on the per- periphery, just shooting her mouth off all the time. What did she say about Clarence Thomas? Cut 21. He's signaling, as he often did. You know, people, I went to law school with him. Mm-hmm. He's been a, a person of grievance for as long as I've known him. Resentment, grievance, anger. Wow. Resentment, grievance, anger. Anger. An angry black man. Now, if I were on the left, I could say that that's a racist trope. Maybe. Because I looked it up, actually, and it doesn't seem as though she knew Clarence Thomas at law school. No photographs of them together. They were there at the same time. Clarence Thomas graduated from Yale Law School in 1974. She graduated in 1973. It's a three-year program. So, yes, they did overlap. Bill Clinton mentioned Clarence Thomas in his memoir, What's his memoir called again? I think it's called Me. <laughs> Me by Bill Clinton. Something like that. It's a, no, My Story by Bill Clinton. And on page uh, 600 or so, it's a very big book. He said, it's true that Clarence Thomas and I attended Yale at the same time. We were classmates, but I didn't get to know him. <laughs> That's it. But somehow, and, and then Hillary has written about three books, three books about herself. No mention whatsoever of Clarence Thomas. All right, but somehow she picked up that he was all about grievance and angry anger all the time, right? Gosh, isn't the left telling us that the place is so systemically racist, America? I mean, by her uh, definition of America, he should be angry. He should have a lot of grievances. Well, why are you getting on his case if he is that way? Isn't this a systemically racist country, right? Racist to its core, our founding fathers and all that stuff? 1619 Project? Yeah, I looked at that. I mean, you believe it. I don't. But it, lay off him. He's a great man. Don't worry, Clarence Thomas. We got your back. Well, more importantly, the U.S. Marshals do. Oh, boy, these guys need protection. Anyway, there's the music. Give me a moment. Uh, Brett Bear. A little bit more on that cat when I come back. Greg Kelly. Entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, I got three great big tele—actually, four great big televisions staring me at the face. 
And three of the four are still talking about that bimbo from yesterday, Cassidy Hutchinson. I'm sorry. People don't like the word bimbo, but uh, you know what? It can be applied to men as well. And uh, I think it applies perfectly to uh, Cassidy. All right? Now, all the networks right now, except uh, Fox, and however, they... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they pushed this story big time as it was going down. This was laugh-out-loud funny crap yesterday. Laugh-out-loud funny nonsense. It was so obviously BS. All right? And even if it was true, it meant nothing. Here's Cassidy Hutchinson yesterday. Here's what bothers me, though. The Wall Street Journal has it on the front page. This dimwit, straight from uh, Lord and Taylor and Taylor, where do these people go for their... That that certain look, that certain, okay, professional look. Where do they go for these clothes? Cassidy Hutchinson. Um, this guy on CNN, this story has been debunked, this whole thing about grabbing the steering wheel. It's impossible. The Secret Service, excuse me, has already come out and said it didn't happen. And I got this dork on CNN hyperventilating. Huh? And the president grabbed the steering wheel. It's impossible. It didn't happen. Cassidy, you should be ashamed of yourself. Cut 29. Tony described him as being irate. The president said something to the effect of, I'm f***ing president. Take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up. Stop it for a second. Remember, she's hearing this from a guy named Tony. Who's Tony? Anybody know the Honeymooner episode? Well, I'm Tony. Tony Amico. Mr. Amico. Anyway, who's Tony? Who's Tony? Tony Oromato or somebody like that is the deputy chief of staff. He's hanging around. I think everybody seems to have romantic uh, ideas about themselves with uh, Cassidy. Just a hunch. Why is this 23-year-old in all these settings? Well, she's not really because she's just hearing all this stuff. Gossip, 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 gossip. Anyway, this is impossible. What she's describing is impossible. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Engel and Mr. When Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. Clavicles. Yeah, that's it. That, 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 that uh, woman who called in earlier, right about that. Who says clavicles? Anyway, the, what makes it really impossible, though, is first she says the beast. Now, the beast is a, is a Cadillac. It is the souped-up, um, ultra-customized limo for the president. It's basically a tank that looks like a limousine, but it's a tank, heavily armored, Remember the time it went right by me outside? Uh, Joe Biden was in it, and I, I, I booed and yelled at him. Uh, but he couldn't hear me, not through our glass, certainly not through his glass. It's like a tank. And there's about roughly 20 feet between the president in the back seat and uh, Bobby in the front seat, the Secret Service guy. 20 feet. And he's in an airtight compartment, I believe. You can't just access that dude. All right, so that didn't happen. Now, was it the SUV where it's a little bit closer? Well, that's not the beast. That's another issue. But there's still some distance. And the Secret Service, very unusual for them to do this, but they indicated that they're ready to go on the record and say this is not true. And, oh, by the way, well, 
I've got some law enforcement uh, contacts and uh, insight, and I've got uh, I know people. I don't like to be if you tell me something, I'm going to put it on Twitter or anything like that, or make a big deal out of it because when you do that, it can reveal certain people. I don't like doing that, but I happen to know that this is false. Now, maybe she made it up, or maybe Tony told her, or well, she said that Tony told her, but still, anyway. So the Wall Street Journal puts her on the front freaking page. Trump knew mob was armed, sent it to Capitol, staffer says. 23-year-old boy, they're getting a little bit. This is desperate. And I think this is the last hearing. So we're not going to hear from those Secret Service agents. Nope. All, all done. We got everything we need. Thank you. Cassidy. Cassidy. Cut 30, please. You described for us a meeting in the White House around 10 a.m. in the morning of January 6th involving Chief of Staff Meadows and Tony Ornato. Were you in that meeting? I was. Let's listen to your testimony about that meeting, and then we'll have some questions. I think the last time we talked, you mentioned that um, some of the weapons that people had at the rally included flagpoles, oversized um, sticks or flagpoles, uh, bear spray. Is there anything else that you recall hearing about that um, the, the people who would gather on your lips had? I recall Tony and I having a conversation with Mark probably around 10 a.m., 10, 15 a.m., where I remember Tony mentioning knives, Stop. guns. Stop! Stop! I remember Tony mentioning I remember Tony mentioning knives, and then she goes on. Guns, blindfolds, mace, howitzers, nuclear weapons. Tony mentioned. Tony mentioned. This is hearsay. I never liked that word because it's – but this is it's, – it's inadmissible in any court. And I heard uh, – it's inadmissible. You don't want witnesses like this. I heard somebody say it's not – it's useless. Useless. Just like you, Cassidy. Useless. You're going to get your dream? You're going to go get on The View? Just like your friends, Alyssa Farah? And who's the other one? Olivia Troy? Stephanie Grisham? All those sellouts? But you don't realize how little, how little you sold yourself out for. A couple of guest appearances on TV. Maybe $80,000 for a book. Uh, What else you got in store for you? Not much. Not much. Pathetic. What does it say about people these days? What does it say? How many people turn their back on Nixon? John Dean, and John Dean was a criminal, by the way, is a criminal. They're trying to say she's like John Dean. John Dean was an active criminal participant. No. She's, uh, again, it's all optics. It's what she looks like. So much. Why, why do we care what AOC thinks? It's because she, she's pretty. That's it. Donna Shalala got elected to Congress the same time AOC did. Nobody cared. She had, I think, 300 followers on Twitter. That's it. Now, Donna Shalala happened to be in her 70s, but she also happened to have a world of experience. She was a former cabinet secretary. She was, led a university. She led a think tank. I think she held office at one other time. I mean, she was a major, major player. I disagree with her on everything, but they don't value experience anymore or knowledge or wisdom or any of that junk. It's all junk now for them. 
Are you hot? And do you have a chip on your shoulder? That's all it takes these days. All it takes. You notice how that's not even a thing anymore. Nobody ever complains about, you know, hey, that guy's got a real chip on his shoulder. That girl has a real chip on his shoulder. Everybody's got that chip on their shoulder. Everybody. And it's, uh, well, at least at least we're free. We know what it's like. We do know what it's like. All right, speaking of AOC, do we care anymore? Probably not. Maybe we should just leave that one alone. Oh, so Joe Biden was asked about those 50 dead people. First, you know what he's like when, when he wants to criticize Border Patrol agents for doing their job. You know what he says in that situation? He says something along these lines. Uh, cut 26. It's outrageous. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. All right. Now, when Joe Biden is asked about 53 people now, 53 dead migrants in Texas in a truck from heat exhaustion and suffocation. Of course, that's, you know, Joe Biden's the empathizer in chief, right? Isn't he? Cut 11. But thank you for your hospitality. Take it's on that. No comment. Just get the hell out of the room, eh, Joe? What are you in a rush for? Where are you going now? Why wouldn't you speak about that? Especially given the criminally insane advice you gave everybody, especially those migrants. Who remembers this? I do. 2019, Joe Biden sucking up to the left, running like a liberal lunatic instead of the centrist. He had to get the nomination, right? He'd do anything, say anything, be anything to get power to keep Hunter and maybe even himself out of jail. Remember what you told all these poor people south of the border? Run to the border. Surge the border. Cut 27. Trump administration and Republicans separated children from their parents. Stop, 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 stop. Uh, 25. What did you say? Surge the border. Cut 25. What I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. Wow. Wow. That really did set policy. And you think Joe Biden shooting his mouth off on TV, on cable TV, is just that? No, it's not. People listen, then they tell each other, and then things get written on the Internet, and then people start chatting, and there's this real sense that things are going to be different, and they're going to welcome us, and we're going to be able to get into America, and partially that's true. And then all of a sudden they decide it's not true, and then they decide it's true again. They really do want it. And then what do people do? They put themselves in horribly dangerous situations like those poor people on that truck. And it's amazing that nobody gives a damn. Nobody gives a damn. It's already old news. Isn't that wrong? Isn't there something fundamentally wrong with that? Glenn and Hillside, are you there yet? You figure out your phone? Yeah, R. Greg Kelly. Um, if you were of a, a certain age uh, to be commenting on or a third-rate burglary at the Democratic headquarters, you could say, who are these two long-haired hippies from the Post trying to bring down the president of the United States? and implicating him in a cover-up. Who are these guys? And their source, 
a person by the name of Deep Throat? What is that, a porn star? Fake news. Yeah. That's what you'd be saying. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, actually, I'll still say it's fake news. There's a lot of fake news there. If you think, sir, that those long-haired hippies you're talking about, and you're referring, obviously, to Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward, those two guys are liars, absolute, total, and complete liars. And you can look it up. You can open up uh, all the president's men. I'm sure it's on your uh, your mantle. You know, it's your Bible, right? Right, right, Glenn. You really believe in that crap? Probably saw the movie. Probably believe all that stuff. You believe it. You believe it all. That you believe it all. And you think that Deep Throat actually existed, right? And by the way, Deep Throat never appeared in the newspaper. All right, that was a figment of their imagination. They made it up. It absolutely was made up, contrived. 1,000% made up. I actually stood in Bob Woodward's old apartment. Um, 1,000% BS. All right? They didn't take him down. By the way, they were just leaked grand jury testimony. All right? Something tells me, Glenn, you got all your information about Watergate from Reader's Digest or Time Magazine. All right? You probably don't know what the hell you're talking about. Watergate is an immensely complex subject. I could I could do a mini series on Watergate. I, could, I just volumes and volumes and volumes. And then you start talking about Gordon Strawn and you talk all these names and everybody nobody really cares anymore. But Nixon was one of my favorites. Uh, very very misunderstood misunderstood man, and they hated him much like they hated Trump. But Trump, Trump did not did not break the law. He did not break the law. Nixon did in some respects, not the not not how they say it, but he was his own worst enemy. Still love the man. So long, Glenn. Do some homework next time. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, one thing about the Watergate situation, when they had those hearings, one of the reasons why people were paying attention is you had no kidding heavyweight witnesses saying pretty powerful stuff. John Dean is a bad guy, is a liar, and oh, by the way, a criminal. All right? He was the one who hired G. Gordon Liddy, really boasted, thought he was the greatest guy in the world for breaking into Daniel Ellsberg's psychiatrist's office to find whatever dirt they could on Ellsberg. Ellsberg, of course, uh, leaked the uh, Pentagon Papers, right? That, that That's one of the reasons why... Um, John Dean thought this is a hell of a good man, this Gordon Liddy. He broke into an office and found all this. All right. Now, this is the kind of guy. Yeah, right. He's a bad guy, John Dean. But John Dean, in 1973, during those hearings, was saying, like, look, I was talking to the president. The president told me. The president said this to me. Okay. And he was in documented. He was the White House counsel. He met with the president. Granted, he met with the president way after Watergate, but he met with the president. Now, where is we have, uh, what's her name here? Cassidy. <laughs> Tony told me that Tony heard. <laughs> Tony was told by somebody, and then Tony came and told me, well, Tony. And then what does she get? What does Cassidy get? This is mostly for her being a hottie. Uh, they gets a great, big, fat, nauseating thank you from uh, Benny Thompson and Liz Cheney. Cut 34. I want to begin by thanking Ms. Hutchinson for her testimony today. We are all in her debt. Our nation is preserved by those who abide by their oaths to our Constitution. Our nation is preserved by those who know the fundamental difference between right and wrong. Ms. Hutchinson, thank you. 
Thank you for doing your patriotic duty. Thank you for your courage in testifying here today. You have the gratitude of this committee and your country. Ever notice that the standards for beautiful women and to a lesser extent, very attractive men is much lower than for ordinary people? Did you hear a lot of ass kissing right then? I did. Thank you so much for what you did for America, right? She came in and told a bunch of half-baked gossip. Thank you so much. I'll tell you this. She looked good doing it. I mean, whether that was a spray tan or a a weekend in Palm Beach or whatever she's got going on. Where do they go in D.C.? They go where Joe Biden goes, Rehoboth, Rehoboth, Delaware. I lived in D.C. for four years. I would never go to Rehoboth. I couldn't stand that place. Physically, it's a beautiful place. It is a beautiful city. But there are some really nasty, superficial people there. They are everywhere, but it really defined the town. I never fit in. I remember going to this uh, White House Correspondents' Dinner. This is a few months after uh, the invasion of Iraq, and I had been there, and it was a horrible, horrible thing, and whatever. And George W. Bush is up there cracking jokes about, can't find the weapons of mass destruction here. Well, how about under here? And everybody in the audience is laughing their asses off. (laughs) Oh, look at George W. Bush. He's the president. He's making a joke. He's looking under the desk as if he's looking for weapons of mass destruction. That's hilarious. (laughs) No, it was disgusting, actually. And you're all disgusting. You really are. It's It's like high school. Imagine the worst, stupidest high school ever. All right? And you got the cool kids table. Now, most of us grow out of that and move on. These people, a lot of them couldn't cut it in high school, you know, like like me, by the way. I wasn't that cool in high school. But once I was done with it, I was like, whew. Now, a lot of these guys, they weren't cool in high school, so they created their own new table. And that stupid table is in, what's that restaurant they love down there in Washington? The Milan Cafe, the Milan Restaurant, Restaurant Milano, something like that. And they all love to hang out there and act like big shots. But I'm sorry, it's D.C., you guys are small time. You always will be small time. Even though the even though the White House is there, it's small time. Hey, by the way, how is uh, Rudy doing? Rudy Giuliani. He's uh, he's a hero of mine, you know. And uh, they're uh, uh, too bad that Andrew lost. But he said the right thing on his way out. Andrew Giuliani, I believe, endorsed his uh, former competitor. Do we have that, please? Andrew Giuliani endorsing uh, Lee Zeldin for president. Good for you, Andrew. That's the thing to do. Cut six, uh, for president, for governor. Cut 16. This was a spirited race, and I want to first and foremost congratulate my three competitors. And I would like to urge, really urge everybody in this room to get behind the next governor of the state of New York, Lee Zeldin. All right. That was the right thing to do in terms of style. And substance. Hold on one second. One second. Ah, excuse me. There we go. Anne Marie is on the phone. Uh, Anna Marie from Staten Island. Yes, how are you? Good, Greg. How are you? I love your show. Thank you so much. What's happening? Always a pleasure listening. Um, I just wanted to mention um, the the latest of uh, Mr. Adams trying to. Uh, urge for a false report for uh, former Mayor Giuliani um, regarding the incident that happened out um, in Staten Island. Mm. And uh, I really, aside from his lack of experience as a NYPD individual and the lack of experience in general in, in running anything, I really think that 
the message that he sent, first of all, it's disgraceful. I mean, Rudy Giuliani is a former mayor of this city. There should be some level of respect just for that alone. And, of course, none given. And to treat him, I mean, we treat criminals better than what he was doing by making that statement that he should be, you know, they should file um, a claim that he made a false report. A false report would be that it did not happen. It did happen. It did happen. It, it is, Yeah, it did happen. My understanding is he didn't even file anything. The police initiated their own investigation, and uh, which seems appropriate. Anyway, Anna Marie, you're right. Eric Adams, show some damn respect. Call him up for some help. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, President Biden doesn't give a damn when 53 migrants, many of whom are undoubtedly from Mexico, die in the back of a truck in Texas. President Biden blows it off, lets Corrine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary who basically has a really hard time with English, it would seem, he totally blows it off. But the Mexican president, who's a, well, I, I'm going to go on Trump's word. This is a good guy, actually. You know, his, his interests are Mexico's interests, not ours. Okay, it's supposed to be that way. And he may be a leftist socialist maniac, but you know what? At least you can do business with him. And he's representing his interests well. And we represent, well, we used to represent our interests well when we had Trump. Here is the Mexican president, Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador. Hey, how'd you like that? Huh? It just kind of came out naturally. Um, probably still messed it up, but it sounded okay. Cut 12. We're in support. Our consul has been there since yesterday. There are also immigration officials from Mexico, and we will be attentive to support the families of the victims, the transfer of the bodies, and of course carry out the investigation in what corresponds to us. Because these unfortunate events that of course, have to do with the situation of poverty, of despair, of Central American brothers, of Mexicans, happen because there is also human trafficking and lack of controls. In this case, on the border of Mexico or the United States and in the United States. Wow, very appropriate. And uh, I understand. I understand where he's coming from, absolutely. Hey, by the way, President Obrador speaks like perfect English. That's like perfect thing. Wait, what? Oh, that was his interpreter. Oh, okay. All right. It wasn't, wasn't him. All right. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> he's got a pretty good... Ad- I know, I know, I know. All right. Uh, what do we say again? What's this gibberish from Corrine Jean-Pierre? Again, 53 people dead in our country coming here after President Biden urged the surge. Remember? Urged the surge. He did. Cut 10. Uh, we're focused on them, on the facts, uh, on and how holding the human strugglers who endangered uh, vulnerable individual uh, individuals for profits accountable, uh, and we're and we're focused on continuing our historic actions to disrupt dangerous smuggling networks, including through new uh, anti-smuggling campaign that just in the first two months uh, resulted in over 1,800 arrests. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, the border is closed. The fact of the matter is, stop saying that. Remove that from your repertoire of phrases. The fact of the matter is. What does that even mean? Uh, And by the way, you're focused on the facts. Did you hear anything about the tragedy of this? About, you know, even our our thoughts and prayers, something or other, right? 
No, 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 no compassion whatsoever. From the empathizer in chief, guy was probably, probably doesn't even know about it. I mean, just this, remember, this is the guy who does not care. He's got a cold heart. Remember when those coffins were coming off the plane? What did he do? He looked at his watch, and then he just uh, met with the families and talked about himself and talked about Bo. No, no, he's a bad guy. I'm sorry. I hope he finds his way. Uh, This is not a guy. This is not a man who's close to God. It's not. It's, imagine the opportunity. Look, here I am. What the hell? What are we? 770. Okay, 770 a.m. I love it. I love it. I love it. I also, when I get the chance and when it comes to me, I urge you all, all right, if you want to take the most remarkable journey imaginable, wow, the only journey to be on, it'll keep you out of a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. You know, it's June 29th, June 29th, June 29th. I always take a moment on this day. Because 23 years ago today, June 29th, 1999, I was in a plane crash. I was the pilot. It was an Aviate B Harrier jet. I was flying. Horrible mishap. I had to eject. I was joining on a tanker at about uh, maybe 14,000 feet or so and uh, overshot the tanker, came around... um, Put my nozzles down. The nozzles locked in the down position. The aircraft departed control flight. I started spinning all the way down to, I don't know what it was, maybe two or 3,000 feet. I pulled the handle. Ejected. It was like a cartoon. I left that airplane like a bullet leaves a gun, like, uh, you know, just got so small so quick. I remember the airplane. I also don't remember a lot. I remember being in the haze, uh, absolute quiet outside the plane. Waking up on the desert floor, I don't know, half hour later or so, and half hour, 40 minutes after that, a helicopter coming to get me and bring me to the hospital. And I'm just very glad that I survived. Not everybody survives those kinds of situations. And I think God was trying to get my attention. And he did for a little while. And then, eh, you know, whatever. I, uh, Yeah. No, it couldn't be. It doesn't work that way, right? No. Anyway, I can do this. Sure. I like doing this. I'm good at this. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And something else happens. And something else happens. Trying to get my attention. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm happy to be alive. I'm very happy that I finally discovered the most important thing, the Creator, and there is a way to get to know Him. Through the Bible, you start reading, miracles will start happening. And I do recommend the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible. By the way, I'm no better than Joe Biden or anything like that. I'm not, uh, he is as loved as I am, but he wants God, a relationship with Joe that he does not have right now. I can, um, I can, I can, I can, I can tell. Joe brags about the world. Gosh, if he only would talk about well, anyway, back to what I was saying. The Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible, I needed that. Somebody gave it to me in 2012, very special person, and I thought, I didn't need this. Are you kidding me? What? 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 What made you such a church lady? I know all this stuff. I, uh, I went to Catholic school. I know all this stuff. Anyway, I didn't know a damn thing, and I started reading, and thanks because the Charles Stanley thing, I was able to, like, the little footnotes and essays that helped me explain and just... 
it was like having a coach, you know, a coach of the world, but again, always pushing me in the right direction. And I, again, miracles started happening. And then you start realizing, oh my gosh, this is real. The God is, God is as real and more real than you and I. He created everything. He wants a relationship with us. He knows everything you've done, everything good, everything bad, and he still loves you and he wants the best for you. It's like imagine if I told you the boss of the company knew exactly who you were and just was just dying to meet you and dying to have lunch with you. Really? Yep, they do, and they want to promote you. Really? Yep. Oh, one thing. It's not the boss of the company. It's God. Most people are like, oh, yeah, right. Okay. I knew there was a catch. <laughs> there is no catch. There is absolutely no catch in that scenario. It's a trillion billion light years better than meeting with the boss, even though your boss might be great. I've got a couple of good bosses. All right. Makes sense. I hope it does. I hope it does. Uh, Joe is in Whitestone. Yes, Joe. Yes. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Greg. Uh, I was just going to ask you, uh, uh, when I heard your early, you know, your early career, uh, were you ever considering going into aviation? But I didn't know the part that you were going to, that you actually ejected from a from a uh, aircraft. Uh, uh, maybe that kind of changed your mind. No, it didn't. I uh, I got to fly again. I was never particularly interested in uh, aviation as a career in terms of the airlines. I didn't want to do that. I never. It never. So I, I I considered it literally for an afternoon. You know, I looked up a couple of airlines, and um, I didn't want to do that. It just it was not a. After you get to fly upside down and land on aircraft carriers, that kind of flying just didn't appeal to me. So what else? No, no I, uh, I have a cousin right now. She's a, a Blackhawk uh, pilot with the Army, and I think she might be considering the aviation industry when she gets out. So uh, that's why I was that's why I was kind of curious oh, yeah. what your answer was. Yeah, no, good for her. I mean, everybody has their own journey. I just yeah. it never okay. it never really uh, spoke to me. And let's face it, now less than ever, because it seems like a great big hassle. But I know a pilot for United. He has a great life, and he absolutely loves it. He flew in the military first. Anyway, so anything else? No, I'm saying, can we, can we get those Bo Deedle ads off WABC? Like, he's not, <laughs> he's not, support, he's not supporting it, our it, man. I know. You know what? It, quite frankly, they're getting under my skin, too. I don't need I to hear for the 50th time that he yeah, thinks we, Trump should leave. Where are you listening? Yeah. How are you listening to us right now? Uh, I'm in the Whitestone Shopping Center right now. Are you now. on the app, uh, on the phone, on the app, or what? No, I'm I'm on the phone. I know. So you're listening to us over the app, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. We got to I, – I, you're right. Look, Bo Deedle's great. He's got a lot of interesting uh, things to say. I am yeah. sick of that one thing. Can we do me a favor? He's right. Can we switch the Bo Deedle commercial so he doesn't talk about how he doesn't think Trump should run anymore and how the left is basically, you know, winning? I hate that, all right? Bo said a million funny, interesting things, except that. Thanks, Joe. Good point. Yeah, enough with that, okay? I don't uh, care for that one bit. Um, Bo Deedle is a, always is a great guy in my book. You know, he invited me, and I went with him to the, what was it, the 30th, uh, 35th anniversary? 25th anniversary in 2015 of Goodfellas. And they played it at the, some big theater on the west side. It was so cool. The whole cast was there, and I went with Bo Deedle who, of course, famously arrests the late Ray Liotta at the end of the movie. Bo Deedle is a great dude. Uh, let's see here. One more. And, uh, no, uh, Lou in Queens. Yeah, what's up? Greg, good talking to you once again. Uh, you know, what I found very classy, I found that the 
the investigation that the Texas police had concerning that shooting was really uh, just top end. It was the way to go. And I noticed that on these hearings, we haven't heard from uh, Stephen Sudd, the Capitol Chief of Police, or Paul Irving, who was the House Sergeant of Arms, or Michael Stenner, uh, the Sergeant of Arms uh, from the Senate, or Robert Conti, the Metropolitan Police Chief. There are a lot of people that should be interviewed. And I noticed, by the way, they have disappeared. Nobody's interviewed them. All right, hold on. Stenger, as you know, is dead. Uh, The others were interviewed, not by this committee, but they had other earlier committees. They did. They have been interviewed. You can find their testimony. It's online. And that's why this is a not a serious committee. They're not interested in finding out, you know, what happened and how to prevent it from a security standpoint. That's been left to others. They want to just this is the blame Trump committee. How do we hang it all on Trump? But you can look it up. Sund and the others have publicly testified, not necessarily to this hearing, but in the aftermath of January 6th, they did testify. Do you know that? They left it out of the hearing. Low. So I'm just saying, low, 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 low. No, you can see it. It was on TV. All right. It was here. I'll call it up right now. I mean, you can look it up. You know, all the names. These guys have testified and they testified publicly. Did you know that? Did you know that? I heard that they did. All right. They did. Chief. I mean, I mean, I, I, no, 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 no. You heard that they did. You can, you no, you can find it. All right. It was a big deal, actually, when it happened. I'm not saying it was adequate, but it's there. I just found it, all right? February 23rd, 2021. Go ahead and watch it, all right? Come on. You got, okay. you're, you're a guy who likes to have the facts. You, you know, Don't be like the fake news, okay? Because you're wrong on this one. Now, you're right in that it's not the January 6th committee chaired by Benny Thompson and Liz whatever, Cheney, but a they, they did testify before an official proceeding on Capitol Hill, and you should look at their information, okay? Okay. Uh, All right. Do, thanks. Don't you like no, what? Uh, what? Right? Yeah. Don't you like how now uh, all of a sudden they're talking about maybe some people being armed outside of the Capitol, whatever? They didn't find anybody uh, that was arrested. With yeah. No, 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 no. You've got to watch. Hey, did you watch my Newsmax show? All right. I appreciate your support. But you know what? I went through this last night of the Newsmax show. All that stuff. Liz Cheney talking about this here. I'm going to play this and then I'm going to have to say goodbye to you. Where is uh, Cassidy complaining about the weapons? And uh, here she is. She's complaining about the weapons. But mind you, she's only heard about the weapons. Cut 30. You described for us a meeting in the White House around 10 a.m. in the morning of January 6th involving Chief of Staff Meadows and Tony Ornato. Were you in that meeting? I was. Let's listen to your testimony about that meeting, and then we'll have some questions. I think the last time we talked, you mentioned that um, some of the weapons that people had at the rally included flagpoles, oversized um, sticks or flagpoles, uh, bear spray. Is there anything else that you recall hearing about that um, the, the people who would gather on the ellipse had? I recall Tony and I having a conversation with Mark probably around 10 a.m., 10, 15 a.m., where I remember Tony mentioning knives, guns. Stop, 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 stop. Tony mentioning. Tony, Tony, who's Tony? Tony said it. 
And then later, they, they're very dishonest here. Liz Cheney talking about, oh, listen to all these reports about guns, right? Oh, here are the police transmissions about guns. Listen carefully. Listen carefully, all you cops out there. Cut 32. The select committee has learned about reports from outside the magnetometers and has obtained police radio transmissions identifying individuals with firearms, including AR-15s, near the ellipse on the morning of January 6th. Let's listen. There's an individual in a tree, maybe a white male, about six feet tall, ten bills, brown cowboy boots. He's got blue jeans and a blue jean jacket, and underneath the blue jean jacket, Stop, 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 stop. That's the important part right there. Did you hear it? Complainant describes, complainant, some person, a witness saw it. Cops didn't see it. Hey, who are these complainants, by the way? Is it Ray Epps? Huh? (laughs) Uh, Is it undercover FBI agents? Because no weapons were found. All right, Lou, review that testimony. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. <sighs> Cassidy really should have talked this through with her beach friends first. <laughs> uh, Julie Kelly, you are the best. Uh, is Liz Cheney going to run for president as an independent? It could happen. Hey, where the hell is Eric Adams? You feel you understand he's kind of kind of disappeared a little bit, right? Maybe overexposed. Is he keeping a lower profile? Uh, Does he want to distance himself from everything that's going on in this city? Possibly. Is it my imagination or is he uh, suddenly, and I think that's probably one of the few smart moves he's made, uh, just shutting up for a little bit and disappearing. Maybe just for a little while, okay? All right. So listen, uh, Fox News, uh, you guys are, are, you're breaking people's hearts, you know? And uh, Roger Ailes... He did not make that network into um, into the behemoth that it would become to see this crap, all right, to see you guys preen for each other, preen for approval from the Beltway. And that's what's happening right now. So they can all go give each other awards, hang out at the museum, uh, Cafe Milana, Milanese, whatever it's called, in Georgetown, all that nonsense. If you hate Fox News and what it's become, I invite you to join me at 10 p.m. tonight, Newsmax. Uh, it's quite a program. I'm very proud of it, proud of what uh, we do. I got a really great team. I got some smart people who uh, work with me. We got the Sophie and Megan and Noah. Uh, let's see who else is there. Uh, Jen and to some extent, Damon. Uh, it's a great program. Great people. Chris and the rest. Very grateful. All right, I only got a couple of seconds left. I am going to, for the guys who have been on hold forever, Joseph in Freehold. Yes. Yes, good afternoon, Greg. Um, speaking of Fox News, is Paul Ryan still on the board of directors? I I know he was. I'm sure he still is. I think I would have heard about it if he wasn't, but I, I haven't looked that up in a while. Because I feel the reason that Fox News is bearing to the left for a long time, for the last six months or so, it's because of his input. Yeah, it's, He's a Trump hater. It's probably, we know that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's funny. When I was there, by the way, uh, and this is a long time ago, 03, 04, 05, 06, I was, I was actually leaning left back then. I was a different person politically, and I didn't quite fit in. But now, no, 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 no. So I think you're right. Paul Ryan has something to do with it. 
Uh, Peter in New Jersey, yes. Hey, Craig, uh, kick the can Biden. He's going to kick the can on these immigrants that died the same way he's going to kick the can on that family of seven in Afghanistan. And one more thing, uh, Roe versus Wade. Did the AOC say she's going to put up tents in federal land in order for these women to have abortions? What, what, what woman in their right mind would go into a tent to have an abortion? And also, <laughs> one more thing. Yeah. Your interview with Christine Noem, very classy, pal, very, very classy. And that's in a very, very expensive hat you got there, $300 or more. Is that right? She gave me a cowboy oh, yeah. hat, uh, Christine Noem did. Hey, let me ask you something, because a lot of people have been saying that was a great interview. What did you like about that interview with Governor Noem of uh, South Dakota? Well, I called you the other day about the fireworks over there, but uh, I'm going to let that go. You handled yourself in a, such a gently, gentleman manner that, you know, I was I was really taken back by that because, you know, you're really a fire and ice type of guy, but you were very, very nice in that interview with her. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I know about that issue, and I decided, you know, everybody asked her about her. it. There's a, by the way, I was right, buddy. There's a federal law that she cannot, she can't have the fireworks, all right? That's the law, that she can't. Okay. I think they're in, it's some sort of fire thing. She thinks it's bogus. They're, they, they're opposing it. But quite frankly, once that book came out, I wanted to know more about her dad and her life and uh, instead of, you know, stuff that I can look up in the newspaper. So, Peter, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. It was a real pleasure meeting her, and she did. She gave me a very nice cowboy hat. All right. Sorry, Christine. I got to go with one more, and that's Andrew in Stanhope, New Jersey. Tony, Mr. Amico. Yeah, we all call each other by our first names. Tony, Dave, Mike, Al. Isn't there any Susan or Muriel? Glorias or Muriels? You must be a ride around that water cooler. We're talking about the Honeymooners, possibly the greatest show ever made. Uh, All right, buddy, I only got a couple of seconds. What's up? Yeah, it's obviously fake acting, the lady that testified, just like when Ralph was Rachel, you've come back to me. Like everyone speaks slowly, pause, breathy, and he threw soup. You know, they're all coached the same way. Like the speech pattern is exactly the same. No, you're right about that. You're right. She was very slow. The most simplest thoughts. She took took her a year and a half to get him out. You know, is that true? Did that did it happen? And she would say, I believe that would be a fair assessment. I would say that that was a fair assessment. Uh, it's nonsense. All right, Andrew, thank you for the observation. Thank you all for your support. And we're going to, uh, whew, I'm just so glad. What do they call it? Was I red pilled or blue pilled? I think I took the red pill, right? What pill did they offer Neo in the matrix? What color was it? Red or blue? Anybody? I think it was red pill, right? He took the red pill. Thank God he did. Thank God I did. You can see all the insanity, all the nonsense, see it, but not be a part of it. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful way to live. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax, everybody. Newsmax at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 4 o'clock if you live in Hawaii. Be right back. Uh, see you tonight. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.